0: Hello and this is Amy Lee San Juan and I'd like to welcome you back to another fun episode of Cisco Champion Radio where we discuss topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and hopefully need. Today we are talking about the super fascinating world of esports and in particular of course we are going to dive into how the Cisco network is enabling ultra fast responsive gameplay and overall supporting an optimal gaming experience to drive the conversation, we have Sham- champions, champions, Shy and Danny with us today. And it is our pleasure to welcome Mr. Neil Tilley as our resident Cisco subject matter expert. Neil, welcome to Cisco Champion Radio. Very happy to have you. Let's start with understanding what your role is at Cisco
1: thank you so much thank you for for having me yes so i'm a strategic advisor inside of uh, cisco's uh well actually i sit inside of the us public sector team but i also sit inside of the sports media entertainment uh, group as well in terms of esports so uh thank you for having me
0: now let's get to know our cisco champion host danny we're going to start with you who are you what do you do
1: Hey, uh, my name
2: is Danny Wade. I am a network automation engineer with NetCraftsman. Uh, NetCraftsman is a uh, partner with Cisco. We're in the Maryland DMV area.
0: Great. Shy, you're up next. What do you do?
3: I
2: am Shy Silverman.
3: I'm the director of network services at Sound of State University. And yep, my name is Shy, and I'm not that shy, but sometimes I can be, but you know, you can see how I get into the cycle. Uh, and also if you want to look me up, uh, my Twitter handle is Shaidom, S-H-A-I-D-O-M.
0: All right, Neil, I'm going to give you the floor for just a few seconds. Um, help us kick off the conversation with any background you think would be helpful to our listeners.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, everybody's probably hearing the buzzword esports, um, especially if they, uh, they have any uh, children at home who are constantly consumed by it. Um, so obviously, many, many years ago, um, the gaming industry, the video game industry uh, started to uh, revolutionize because it, it started to use the internet. Um, and of course, from a Cisco perspective, you know the core of our business is, is building the connections around the world that allow us to have these massive multiplayer games connected. Um, So you can imagine that we have been involved in the gaming industry from its uh, inception in terms of networking, connections, servers. And so, you know, very exciting for us is that as the gaming industry has grown and grown and grown uh, exponentially, that the popularity of esports and actual professional esports, collegiate esports, and of course, even just, you you know, playing games with your friends online are now enabled to the point where, uh, we have seen a huge global growth. And, of course, we're constantly looking at investing in research and development to improve and build and and find the next stage so that we can bring esports to all.
3: So, uh, Neil, uh, I keep hearing as far as uh, when we're talking about uh, esports is people use the term realm. Uh, and, and until then, it's like realms was something I think we saw out of Avengers talking about the realms of Thor and all that. And I was wondering if you could just elaborate a little
1: bit for the listeners. Uh, what is a realm when it comes to esports? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I I mean I love the idea of the the realm having full of superheroes in the gaming world, right? So the realm actually, what's interesting about the development of the realm is because it it, it really uh, it really sort of comes from the idea that you know we we have seen this this sort of expansion of of gaming and, and esports and it's all about low latency it's all about the experience meaning that the game players reaction speeds are matched by the game itself and of course as we move to the cloud and as we move to these these uh, super wide network environments you know the best place to play is wired lands right so the idea of a realm Came from our work with Riot Games and their League of Legends. So the famous Realm comes from the League of Legends itself, where we built almost a, 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 an international network specifically for the lowest possible latency and the highest possible experience for the uh, for the players, and that created the Realm. And so what we you know so any game, any esports environment, any tournament needs to create. An environment with low latency and optimization, and that's and that's really what we mean by that's how the term realm created. And of course, now you know the League of Legends is famous for its realm. Now, is there like a Prince of Mischief in any realm, or or we try to <laughs> avoid that? You know, I think that it's become mythical. Um, I think if you talk to any League of Legends players, they all talk about the realm. I know when I go to schools and universities and talk about the fact that you know I have a picture of the realm. And, uh, you know, the actual picture is a, a 600 by 800 cabinet with a load of equipment in it. It's a little bit less uh, exciting as uh, this mythical place where where the uh, the game lives and you can fight these, you know, different characters and these heroes, you know. So, um, yes, there probably is a, a character that we need to stay away from.
2: Yeah. So, Neil, I have a, um, I guess I'll start kind of with a comment. Um, I think it's really interesting that Cisco's is kind of... Uh, You know, whenever I think of esports, I think of those packed stadiums and having thousands of people there and millions of people online checking these events out. And I find it interesting that Cisco is kind of the underpinning that are really building these stadiums. Right? They they're the new playing field, the new turf. Um, So I find that I find that real interesting. Um, And and you mentioned League of Legends. Are are you noticing that you know? Besides League of Legends, are we seeing um, some of these other bigger games? That just off the top of my head, I can think of like Rocket League, for example.
1: Um, are we finding that,
2: you know, Cisco's being more involved with with those companies as well? Or at least, you know, gaining the, that traction?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the evolutions of what we've been doing is merging the media, entertainment and sports fields together because they, they the synergy is is not lost on us and it's not lost on those game publishers. Um, those live events are still, you know, the, the, the biggest thing to happen inside of esports. You know, um, the average gate at a, uh, an esports tournament that we were doing pro is 113,000 visitors. And that's on top of the millions of people who are watching at home through YouTube, Twitch, and the different streaming platforms, especially the, the game publishers sites and the pro, pro team sites as well. And so we, we have actually a a, disc, you know, a connection to all of the publishers all the ones that you would know, and also some of the indies. We're also working with now this whole new industry that has created from tournament organizations, event teams, and the pro teams. And now, of course, and Shai knows all about this, the uh, the collegiate space as well, which is growing, and in the next two years will become huge. Um, so you know, we are we have people engaged in all of those levels, and of course, you know, you've got to think of esports from a Cisco perspective as. Uh, you know, three main domains, right? The game publishers and the producers. So so working with the server, the uh, the metropolitan area networks, the global networks, working with the actual uh, pro teams in terms of the, you know, what we call sleds, which is the, uh, you know, the 3v3, 636 uh, environments where we build the, the network for gaming, pure gaming. Um, and then, of course, we've got the streaming broadcasts, right? So that's the publishers. And then, of course, we have, the actual players out there, you know, the uh, you know the, the the players in the in the community that are accessing these servers, but now wanting to play against their friends, regional, you know, regional, intramural, et cetera, etc., etc. So all of those have a requirement, you know, to get in terms of the delivery, uh, and so we're working with the game publishers and those uh, those organisations as well. And of course, at home, we want to kind of trickle down the sort of things that we learn from optimization to so that you at home can have a phenomenal experience and potentially get yourself up the rankings and, and make money.
3: So, so Neil, um, just kind of getting into that, I mean, what does a Realm setup look like? I mean, as far as the Cisco solution and, and what are some of the optimizations that uh, Cisco is able to deliver to these events?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the uh, so if we if we take um, somebody like a Riot Games to start with, you know, so you know when we're building the game servers, we're obviously building we we actually built the realm it's, uh, as a, a dedicated um, worldwide network, and the reason for that is for two is twofold. One is we're building a UDP focused, so that's fifty four byte uh, environment. Low latency, so essentially stripping out all of those production type uh, applications and broadcast sensitive, um, uh, you know, elements or broadcast producing elements so that we keep reduce the latency down to the lowest possible uh, uh, sort of uh, factor. And then, of course, on top of that, we need to stream. You know, they want to stream, broadcast. You know, it's all about content creation, so we need to build a separate broadcast environment, uh, but with the same sort of um, uh, latency, low latency, because of course we want the highest possible quality for everybody to watch. Um, we are building these on extremely powerful Nexus ninety three hundred switches, and we're building a, a, a complex network of C twenty two C two twenty Uh, UCS servers, right? So, and then of course we have a a totally different security, a DMZ, if you like, for gaming and uh, to to separate um, the sort of threat of of which the threat is different in gaming because it's not just about the quality that you know the 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 data. It's about the latency, like somebody actually trying to stop you getting the quality that the gameplay. So, so from an optimization on a on a professional uh, esports publisher. You know this architecture is extremely powerful, and we're using Cisco Intersight to then control and ensure that we're giving the best uh, uh, capacities and speeds and latency to everybody who wants to play that game. And then, of course, at the at the next domain, which is the say, let's say at uh, a collegiate level, we're, 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 we've built configurations of of our Cisco Catalyst and our Cisco Meraki so that uh, organizations can essentially match that sort of low latency and that design and we've actually started to produce um best practices around that so that that was great going through the equipment and the different
2: solutions you have at, at the different levels including meraki and the nexus switches right and so with all of that with the nexus i heard nexus um you know the c220 the servers and um the meraki equipment i'm sure with some of these larger events and even probably at the collegiate level um the, a big thing probably asked is about analytics, right? With with the different, uh, like you said, Riot Games. That's the only thing that pops in my head right now. But uh, yeah, um, you know these larger companies, they're like, all right, yep, yeah, Cisco's a big brand and all, uh, but we want to see the facts, the the data. You know, how is it better? So I guess could you jump in a little bit about the analytics that uh, your solution uh, th- can provide?
1: Well, actually, let's let's flip it around to. You know, let's flip it around to uh, we just did a high school Invitational and it's just as important at that level as it is to say a riot games or an Activision Blizzard um, or you know uh, you know an epic or a Sony or, or whoever you know we built a Meraki environment using the mx450s and the M- ms uh, 355s okay we connected it to a game a gaming server with the help of a local uh, gaming uh, platform um, and then essentially built gaming clients and configured the and and essentially created domains inside of this using our Meraki cloud management and our umbrella filtering okay so the sort of data that you're able to get uh, you can uh, we can get detailed real-time statistics around latency and loss we can look at traffic and utilization so we can we can actually see which of the the gamers uh, playing, you know, who are playing, what sort of consumption we can look at their. Um, we can look at and see if there's any sort of any elements coming to them that that shouldn't. Uh, you know, for example, if if they are running any sort of demon or they're running some sort of cheat or or maybe they're running something in the background they didn't even know, right? Which is going to impact their gameplay. Uh, we can look at the switch data, so we look at traffic analysis uh, analytics uh, for each of the switches. We can even look at. Um, for example, many much of this is around the, the 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 fans and the spectators, and they're probably using a, a you know, the wireless system as well. So you know we can even look at the, sort of the experience of the wireless environment, um, especially when you consider that we're trying to uh, essentially provide a world class experience with the, the minimum amount of effort, right? And so the other thing that we in particular we did for this uh, invitational was we actually used this Mbar two to produce application data and that's when you get some really it's it's really exciting to start talking to these young student uh, networking students because they're starting to realize that esports is the perfect foil for us to practice and learn about you know this sort of idea of optimization application data optimization and looking at apis and and trying to uh, kind of look at the whole automation front and so so you know even at something as simple as of setting up a, a gaming environment with dedicated equipment uh, at a high school level we can get this trans, this fantastic toolbox of application data and, and statistics that helps us kind of ensure that the that you know the tournament goes without issue now now refl- ref you know flip that to a game publisher like riot they have phenomenal data coming to them they have so much visibility they have full stack observability of their entire gaming environment so anytime there's a tournament or millions of players playing they can actually you know they can jump to position to get the best game, uh, experience for everybody
3: nearly i mean you brought up a lot of uh, you know collegiate and, and home and uh uh, I run a university network, and I keep getting requests from uh, all the gamers, for example, for one to get wired line. So I mean, I guess a couple of questions I have is: for one, uh, do you see some of the advances uh, coming up in wireless, like Wi-Fi, uh, Wi-Fi six uh, E or Wi-Fi seven, uh, bridging the gap that's going to allow gamers to leverage wireless, uh, and also. Um, I I suspect that uh, a lot of the gamers really don't like NAT and our firewall. So, uh I'm I'm starting to see that a lot of organizations are probably going to end up having to uh with the force uh coming of esports, uh, having to set up almost a separate network to uh I don't want to say a piece, but to really to enable the the esports to function uh I guess uh at optimal level
1: you know it's it's a great question and uh, if we had another 2 hours i could probably go into everything that you just asked um i would say that you know to start with um you know the the the, the whole idea of of the low latency you know if you you have some of the top players in collegiate level and pro are going to ask for a wired mouse a wired keyboard they're going to ask for ethernet and the and they're gonna, or probably even going to ask for dual homing right in fact some of the new smaller Faster gaming PCs are coming with dual-homed NICs in there because that's the desire, you know, this low latency. Um, so the idea of 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 a, of a whole glut of players who are so sensitive, um, just like any sports player who's practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced the minute difference is they notice those minute differences. They, they notice the blip more than we would, right? So even the network engineer suddenly has to change the way that they look at latency. So the idea of then moving them to something like Wi-Fi uh, or 5G, we have to prove to them that those latencies are consistent. And that's the thing, the consistency of latency, right? So if we have that consistency in a 5G environment, Inside of a Wi-Fi 6 or Wi-Fi 6E, as it's coming, you know, where we'll be able to control those spatial streams to give that sort of consistency, then it's exciting. And I think we will see certain games starting to kind of release themselves from this tether. But um, it's going to take a while in terms of, uh, you know, acceptance. But uh, you know, we 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 just participated last year at the Super Bowl with Verizon, where we built a mobile edge. Uh, 5G mobile edge computing environment where they actually tested a, a Madden uh, competition and it was phenomenal. So, you know, we know it's coming and we know it can be done. But again, you know, these these pro players, these top collegiate players, they are. It's about their game day sort of skills and and fast reaction times and then of course. They they, they they don't want to be put off, right? So this, this, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's exciting to be able to be in this industry to help innovate in these spaces. But you know, so I, I, the answer to that first question is yes, it's coming. Yes, it's potential, but uh, it's going to take us a little while to get there because of the just the the uh, skills and the reaction times that are involved in being a top gamer, a uh, uh, player. Um, the security.
3: I I, I want to add to that I remember we're so excited because we're building dorms with wi-fi only and we're so happy about that and then the gamers start moving in and they're like we don't care how good your wi-fi is we want our we want our cable uh and and we really had (laughs) to start kind of changing our whole our whole way that of of how we look at
1: ethernet in the dorms because of gaming yeah and I I bet the guy asking that had flares on um I mean you know the the, the, we we do go through the cyclical sort of i remember the big day when everybody said we're not putting ethernet in the dorms anymore and you know and then of course the other one that at home that you hear is the kids saying hey can we have a separate internet connection for uh, for um you know for my gaming and that's and that and that's exactly the sort of thing that we're looking at contention security i mean you mentioned the question about security i mean you literally the only way to do this by the way is to have a separate network with a separate or or a gaming dmz right um no 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 Enterprise Firewall today is supporting uh, UPMP the way that we would like to use it for gaming. I mean, remember all the ports that we have to open. Remember all the the tricks that we, we have to, to get the lowest possible latency it includes opening up the dedicated ports that, that, the, that each game is requiring. So not every... We can't just open a set number of ports and say, okay, we're good. We have dynamic port uh, allocation that's happening on different application layers. So... You know, so the complexity is, is is quite deep, but um, and then of course the 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 security that's that's like a red rag to a bull, right? So the minute you put it on a production network, people are going to start trying to throw attacks at it, denial of service. They're trying to, and of course, you know, um, you know, somebody just saying, hey, let's just stand up a, a an esports event at a college on the production network is immediately going to open up an opportunity for hackers to get in. So we have to build security, which of course takes away from the latency. So, uh, you know, low latency. I, I I see a lot of similarity between um what you're talking about for gaming and what we do for the
3: research dmZs because we have to move large amounts of datas uh you know between institutions uh we don't use firewalls we use we use routers uh that are able to keep the latency down so uh i I think we're probably going to be replicating the the research
1: DMZ notion for gaming. well, you know that's such a great comparison because if you look at the data. That we pulled from the mid-season invitational at Riot Games, League of Legends, um, and the world and the world uh, final that we just uh, supported, the the terabits uh, the, the terabits output is incredible, right? And and that's that's then even greater on the non-gaming side. So if you look at the streaming output that we recently, in fact, at this recent high school invitational that, that Maraki supported, um, the top client was a streaming client right it wasn't the gamer it was the it was the broadcast content that was going out to twitch so you've got to consider that that really there are multiple domains inside of your net so to optimize you need to have an environment that can cope with all of this the the game the game players for the best experience the broadcast engine that will cuz they're content creators so you need a broadcast network attuned and optimized to delivering that optimization, that broadcast without taking away from the low latency of the game. And then, of course, we've got the fans. All the people around them are on the wireless who are, you know, Snapchatting, TikTokking, uh, and and maybe even playing the game themselves because obviously a lot of these games... You can be playing alongside your favorite player while you're sat in the in the event or in the stadium, right? So or even at home. So uh, yeah, it's a um, it's a it's a very new and exciting space to be in networking and optimization. Yeah, and and to and to
2: comment, you know, on the innovation piece, um, you know, le- looking forward with with the future of gaming and esports, And obviously it's going to be huge. I mean, we see it now with filling up arenas and millions and millions of people watching, you know, online streams every day. Uh, So I kind of wanted to get more or less your take on being, you know, you being in it and being in the industry. um, You know, where do you kind of see the future of gaming going? Um, You know, I, I personally can start it off by saying, you know, I'm starting to see, other companies, you know, doing um, cloud gaming, so where you're more or less, you know, you're streaming the game to your devices. Um, you know, obviously, it's it's a little different than the realm, but I, I think that that obviously has a hundred percent network dependency, uh especially when you're streaming the game So, I uh, just wanted to kind of get your take, Neil, on on where you
1: kind of see the future. Yeah, that's great. It's a great great question because this is a, this is where the excitement really is for us, right? Because you know, those those inner areas of innovation that the game publishers, the professional teams, and the players themselves, you know, the, the consumers um, are all interested in where that's going. Uh, you know, the recent um, success of Amazon's New World is a good example of where cloud gaming is really heading. You know, fantastic title, fantastic experience, um, and, you know, somewhat available to anybody who has a fast internet sp- and a fast PC, right? So there's there's the issue right there, right? Is what where where are we seeing the innovation really gonna take off, right? So, you know, I I think if you if you look, everybody's gonna to move to the cloud. The 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 data, the playing, the the broadcast, the development, this is all moving to the cloud. So that they can, essentially, it's really about quality of experience, right? Of the gameplay, et cetera. So, so you know, you'll, you'll see that Xbox has released, uh, Microsoft Xbox uh, Cloud has released about 100 titles. And over a, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to optimize the wide area and the, and the web scale networks. So that, that if, if I choose to play a game, it's instantly running and I can play it as if I was, you know, put that disc into my Xbox or my, uh, my PlayStation. And the same with the PC gamers, you know, the idea of just clicking a button and immediately being in your favorite zombie <laughs> or your favorite first-person shooter or, or whatever in full graph, full 4K quality and and no no blipping. So when you think about esports, and we just talked about low latency, is e- you know, esports is not going to move to the cloud gaming space for a while because that clipping that I'm talking about would mean it would distract me. It would it would basically mean between losing and winning, winning and losing, right? So so. Of course, anybody in the esports side of the gaming world is desperate to get to that point where the cloud gaming could be used, you know, for a wide stream, uh, you know, high quality esports. So that's that's an area of investment. The other is from any type of game innovation it's going to have to look at game integrity. It's going to have to look at, you know, can we use traffic anomaly detection to find aimbots or you know cheat codes or you know all those things because that's you know, obviously rampant across the world, um, and it's we're talking about a a space esports is now well the gaming industry is now over 185 uh, billion dollars it's nearly three times that of the music industry and the film and television industry put together so it's huge numbers and kids are kids of 14 are winning millions of dollars the top pro players are winning three to four million dollars of prizes and then making three times that in streaming and content creation right so it's the 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 sort of the, the desire and the incentive is there so people will cheat so again building these innovations we need to start looking at cybersecurity, but also adding you know that sort of game integrity piece to it so um final the final piece i would say is the investment in broadcast production and high quality uh, optimization across multi-platforms that's an investment Cisco is making with our IPMX architecture and working with, you know, again Riot Games, any of the big game publishers who who run their own professional leagues. You know, they are huge broadcast networks with with our technology involved.
3: So, so Neil, you know, it, it's 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 really kind of cool, right? I mean, it it seems that you know this whole gaming industry is coming out of uh, what we call you know mom's basement out into the forefront. Uh, and I'm happy because I was trying to save money to dig a basement. And now it sounds like <laughs> I should probably be t- using that money to build a better infrastructure at home for my kids. Uh, what recommendations do you have for listeners about uh, what can you do at home to better optimize uh, the environment for you know for kids for
1: playing? Yes, yes. Um... You know, I wish, uh, you know, I, I don't know, sometimes I will, I'm will. i worried that what advice I'm about to give, I'm going to get a load of parents ringing me up and giving me a hard time, all right? So, um, you know, I mean, you know, it, it is really about, I mean, one of the great things about esports at home, uh, especially for um, kids that are middle school, high school and, and college age, right, is that it, it really dips their toe into the technologies that we work in, the industry that we work in. So it's, it's exciting for me because it, you know, there are there are you know students who are who are very very competent at building the best latent low latency experience at home on the internet that they've got with the router that they've got with the computer that they've got right so we we are almost like you know we're almost like by design organically training many many students at, at, to do this optimization and and what i'm about to say isn't really rocket science right so contention first thing is what are you contending if you are trying to get the lowest possible speeds uh for your uh, I, I play fifa a lot right i'm a big uh, you know fifa fan um so first of all wired right because let's face it at home you're not going to have wi-fi six dedicated uh, you know streaming spatial streaming and all that sort of stuff right you're gonna just and when you have say a...
3: wired you're not talking get wired on
1: caffeine and sugar you're talking no. about that probably might help that might help if you do 14 hours um, of gameplay, which a lot of the students will be doing. They'll need their sugar. But uh, no, wired as an uh, Ethernet connection to the router. Um, uh, also configuring the router for IP forwarding. Um, the idea of having a dedicated segment inside of the uh, router. And even if you are lucky enough to be able to have a, a second Internet connection dedicated to your, uh, to your gaming, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Because the minute you start playing with segmentation and, and routing inside of a, a, a typical home router you know you you can you can upset some people and in fact I, I spoke to some parents the other day at a conference and they were telling me about the fact that they weren't allowed to watch Netflix and so grumpy parents is not a good is, is not necessarily the uh, the answer but you know again looking at things like the uh, MTBU size I mean you know some of the configuration that you you have on these standard routers or you know configurations. so you know getting your own router that you can configure this um and create these two domains so that there's the home network i mean many many people would set up a guest network and then have their home network so their friends come around they go oh yeah you use this right well same principle but you're it's just for you just for the gaming experience and then and then essentially aligning all of these configurations the ip forwarding the uh the network address translation I mean, you know, one of the things that we do for uh, tournaments is that we set up public addresses for all the game PCs, right? Because it's the only way to guarantee that we'll not get throttled back by the uh, service providers when it comes to the games. Um, And that's, again, because we're doing the sudden sort of, you know, one IP address is suddenly attaching itself to multiple lobbies and multiple games. So, again, it's, it's, it's really about what you're trying to do. At home, when it's just you, You know, you—it's much more simpler, but it's still very basic. It's still about contention and segmentation, right? So, so, so
3: I I guess now I'm going to take it from the home. Um, There are a lot of organizations, whether it's like universities, uh, uh, whether it's it's part of the academia uh, athletics department, or even like a, a club sports. How did they get started uh, on building their own realm and setting up? Is there documentation? How would you recommend they, they start in optimizing the environments?
1: Yes. Um, I mean, we, I think we're in an era of evolution that is exciting because there are many people starting to invest their time in those best practices. There are organizations um, that are born out of um, the early grassroots esports that we saw in in the colleges uh, with tespa um, and of course many of the uh you know social gaming clubs that created the professional clubs that we now see some of these professional clubs are some of the largest companies in the world in fact you know some of the i, I just read a an article that um you know somebody like a clan is looking to go public next year for a billion dollars right one of the naming rights uh, projects that we just saw Inside of esports went for two hundred and forty-two million dollars. I mean, that's just for the name of that professional team. So, what what is really important to us and what Cisco's been doing is working with our schools, our universities, our Net Academy, and some of our partners who have actually built uh, esports programs, STEM STEM and CTE um, sort of curriculum. But there is there's, they are put, you know providing these best practices like how do you start a team how do you make the pathway to uh, an environment that will help train and and provide a good gaming environment for these uh, for anybody that wants to get involved look up uh, you just have to look up some of the organizations like mainline uh, rally cry uh, you know these are all people who are providing environments, but even the pro teams like an Evil Geniuses or a Phase Clan have got their own outreaches now. So you can go and say, how do I set up my, my high school esports team? You know, what game, what, what's the best games for us to work on? How do we help them? Who can we bring in and mentor? But then of course, from an infrastructure perspective, you know, Cisco is trying to help all of our partners work with our customers so that they they have all this information. Because obviously, not everybody is Riot Games or Activision Blizzard or, you know, or Epic or, you know, EA uh, and having phenomenal e- uh, engineering resources and, and, and money <laughs> to, to go spend and build the best experiences. So, again, you know, I mean, it's exciting times, really. I, I think it's
3: kind of it's kind of cool. Uh, someone just reminded me, it's like, uh, I think uh, when we are growing up, it's like we used to ask for our own phone line, right? Because we kept talking. So now it's just asking for our own internet. So, I mean, just kind of old, you know, then and now. Uh, so uh, one of the things that I've been doing a podcast, uh, I guess, uh, quite a few podcasts, and I've talked to some uh, amazing people from Cisco, uh, yourself included. And I keep going, wow, you know, some people, you know, have like some of the best jobs at Cisco. And I think yours is one of them. So I-, I want to hear from you. Like, what do you think is like
1: the most exciting part about uh, your involvement in this? I mean, this is so cool. I mean, I you know, as a fifty-year-old uh, who started gaming at like you know ten years old and tried to write his first game when he was twelve, uh, I when I first got to. When first as a graduate, I went to a graduate trainee job inside of a PC manufacturer in the UK, and on the weekend we would take over the test beds so that we could run the biggest gaming experience possible. And that's back in the days of Quake, you know, Wolfenstein 3D, you know, the uh, you know the days of um, Doom, and um, you know, to, to 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 look forward as a fifty year old to be able to go and work with some of these the biggest gaming uh publishers in the world uh, to 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 sit down and talk and 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 innovate and get connected to the biggest pro teams in the world and also just you know but i think the biggest enjoyment i have is when working with the schools and colleges to see the next generation of uh, of of innovation coming through you know the, uh, meeting meeting these game players you know the thing about esports is it's a it's a leveler, right? It it is for everybody. There is no limit to who you are or where you come from, what you speak, how how good you are physically at a skill. You can you can be you know you can be you can have an amazing experience, and you you know and also it, it's not all about the pro level. It's about trying to get to the pro level, right? Having fun, and so working with these in this environment at cisco i you know again they say if you can do something you love you'll never work a day in your life right so every day that i have an esports conversation with a school college a professional organization and you know the other thing is and, and i am this is i'm going to say this is the true experience of me right neil tilly is some of the engineering uh expertise and creativity inside of the gaming industry is amazing you know they have some of the best engineers with the brightest minds in a field that is exploding and so just being in their orbit is something that i i, I you know I, I really enjoy as a, a in my role so i should ask you you know what i should have asked this from the start but danny shy what is your game of choice i should have asked that question when we started what what is what is your gaming background
2: yeah um honestly my gaming background is mostly um halo and they just had a new game come out so i've been kind of dabbling in that so yeah that's that's mostly my back. i'm i guess you can call it a little newer than doom
1: and quake <laughs> <laughs> it's an excellent game yeah, especially halo infinite i mean you know they've done a phenomenal job of uh, and that's a good example of technology moving forward and, and the gameplay coming straight off the bat right shy come on what is it?
3: I've been into the whole Sony uh, Sony games, uh, like you know the PlayStation three and fours, and uh, a lot of the shooter games. Uh, one favorite, but like also, I mean, for me and my kids, has been uh, Ratchet and Clank. So not so much into that collaboration, but uh, just just immersing yourself in this, uh you know uh,
1: fantasy world. Yeah, you know what? But that, I mean, as a, a good friend of mine at Blizzard says, any game can be an eSport, right? You can turn anything a single player. Uh, you know, expansive role playing game, uh, you know, uh, a a acute cartoony <laughs> even Tetris Minesweeper can be turned into an esport, right? So you never know, there might be a ratchet and clank. I was gonna say seniors league, but then that might be really <laughs> that's really, really...
3: <laughs> you know, Thanks, that's not... <laughs> I pre- appreciate that comment. <laughs>
1: that was, that was <laughs> that's really because Danny said he was from I'm I'm newer than you guys. I'm newer than you guys. So. <laughs> yeah i mean um i know that the uh, you know somebody like uh david chen at um the north american collegiate esports league he he uh, you know he's very influential in this world and tied to many of the amazing companies in esports and he always says if we can elongate the life of an esports gamer you know so that we have you know because today the esports environment you know we, we we see it being very a young person's environment and retire you know The two things that we need to do is to expand that length, so from from young age to mid twenties, and try and push that out to like the thirties, and you know even create these idea that we can play, everybody can play in esports. But the main thing is, and what Cisco's focused on as well, is the careers around it. It's just a huge industry now. We've got you know networking, broadcast optimization, engineering, on top of all the other gaming things that you would expect. But then we've got marketing, brand, events, live events, you know, all of those things. Uh, So it's an extremely exciting time. But, you know... Maybe it's wishful to think that I, at 50, could get into an esports team, you know, but maybe that, that door is closed. But, you know, if I can help other people, then I'll be very excited. So, Neil, I,
3: I, guess, I guess my closing question is, I mean, for
1: those going through midlife crisis, are there any games you recommend? Yes, I mean, anything strategic. Strategic. So, so you know, I, I used to be a big Age of Empires player because I knew nobody would know my age. I mean, you know, uh, to Danny's point, I step into a Halo Infinite game and I immediately shot uh, within three seconds by some some you know, <laughs> That's
0: awesome. fourteen
1: year old, you know. So yeah, anywhere I can hide the age and just play uh, intellectually. So yeah, any any of those games are good for us uh, oldies, but uh, we'll still dabble.
0: Doesn't doesn't the the world of gaming kind of level the playing playing field? So it doesn't matter what age you are, right?
1: No, Does it absolutely require- not. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's it you know twenty five to thirty percent. Well, twenty five percent of collegiate students are have uh, you know what have said special educational needs, um, but I would say it's a bigger number inside of the esports teams. I think you know the idea of um, the idea that it is a leveler that you can you know you can be at the top of the field in one of these games: Rocket League, uh, you know Overwatch, League of Legends, Valorant. I mean, I could go through the list. And you can be of any age and have, you know, and, and from a society perspective, you know, it is a great level. Any disability, any, any, uh, any accommodation doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's about how well you play the game and how you can and how you you you, you know, essentially immerse yourself into that environment. So it, and we have students in schools and colleges who are doing much better at their studies. And also much more mentally, you know, mentally uh, robust because of it, right? So some of these myths about the way esports, uh, you know, gaming can distract you from your you know, your studies or, or or take you on a different path actually haven't haven't been borne out. In fact, the stats prove that that um, this is uh, you know we've seen. I I would say from an IT talent perspective, I would be I would say that we'll start seeing esports as a as a very interesting thing to be on somebody's resume
3: now do do you see that some uh, universities are starting to uh, do recruiting based on their esports program
1: yeah absolutely yeah oh absolutely yeah and and i think you know actually uh you know i would say that the knowledge across the universities is is growing rapidly day by day. And I think you'll see it get bigger, you know, and I've been telling students for a long time to make make sure they go find out who the esports director is, what program they're doing, because there's also scholarships. And Cisco ourselves, you know, we're working with some of our partners to 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 enable um, students who are maybe looking at computer sciences or maybe looking at. Um, you know, going into uh, say Cisco's Net Academy, for example, or using some of the Net Academy programs, that that they realize that this is also going to be an attractive uh, element to a university's admissions, right? And I think also, look at the end of the day, if if you have a university and and, and Shai, you know this better than anybody at San Jose State University, right? Uh, is if you can get an audience. Across the world to see your team playing an Overwatch game or a you know a League of Legends game, um, to the size of the streaming audiences that we're seeing, then you know it gets your brand out there. So just even having a, a, a small program, you know, a, a run by students, invested by computer sciences, you could touch hundreds of thousands of people more than you would with with the typical regional sports, right? Could you basically limited to the uh, local TV or the um, or the people who can physically be in the room right and we had a competition the other day and I can't remember the two universities but it was f- it was watched by 400,000 people on Sw- on Twitch thousand wow. 400,000 400, people that you know typically they wouldn't have been able to reach otherwise right so and, and maybe international students will start to come up to the US to your college and your university because they have the best eSports facility right so uh, again I think it, we're going to see it grow. I'm excited to work with our university partners um, and, uh, you know, see where it goes. But I think it it, it bodes well for us vendors to invest in your esports environments.
0: Something to look forward to. Times are changing. Yeah. Well, this has been a fantastic episode. If you want to learn more about Cisco and esports, check out the links in the description below. You can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click on that subscriber follow button now. Thank you for joining.